Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. The following Dharma talk was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Good morning, everyone. So today we're going to explore meditation as an act of love. Maybe you just came anyway, not knowing that was the theme, but uh, that's that's what the idea is of what we're going to check in with today. And um, I wonder, actually, before uh, we dive into the silence uh, too much, um, how many people have some idea of that already? Meditation act as an act of love. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and uh, if anyone wants to share very briefly what that means to them. In bringing peace um, to myself and, and committing to that, I, um, uh, I create less disturbance in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's a loving act as well. Yeah. Cool. Um, I, I guess I have to say I... I first, the first part is is a bit of a selfish, um, um, a, a selfish consideration, a, yeah. a, a gift to myself. But it right. but it does have ramifications in the world too. Cool. I'm going to pick up on a word you used last night, which was channeling, mm. and I uh, I believe that the the heaven energy and the earth energy come through us to meet and offer a significant version of love that actually powers the world. And I think maybe our hearts are somewhere in the middle of it, but that meditation is an opening of our our instrument towards a more universal uh, connectedness. Thank you. Anybody else? the front row here. Um, It seems to me that the Buddha teaches um, suffering and the end of suffering and that our practice is really all about that and that's an act of love for ourselves, for others, for our planet that it's embracing in that kind of way. Great. Thanks. Maybe some people in the back row here. I was just going to say that it, um, for me also, because sitting is going beyond myself and thinking of having loving kindness and compassion for others, it means holding the suffering of the world so it's an act of love by expanding my awareness and my deep uh, sympathy for all the suffering in the world and extending my love out toward that. I would say that um, to me, at their very deepest levels, um, mindfulness and love are the same thing. And that's all I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I just think of 
the practice and meditation as opening up to things as they are. Mm -hmm. And opening up to things as they are is a way of accepting things as they are, and accepting is a way of loving. The love comes naturally when we open up to things as they are. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. Thank you. So this is the teacher getting everyone else to do the work to uh, (laughs) explain the theme. And uh, yeah, I resonate uh, very much with several of those um, aspects. And I think there's different relationships we can have to meditation also. And at different times in our uh, practice life or um, trajectory on some spiritual path, the relationship can change. Um, But I remember at one point, um, early in my practice, I was a little struggling with having a regular daily practice. And uh, I was quite young, like 19, 20, and I asked my teacher, who was encouraging me to sit uh, every day, uh, challengingly, I said, well, do you sit every day? And, uh, and she said, yes, I do. And I said, well, why? Because right? she seemed already pretty cooked to me. And, uh, and she said, uh, she paused a moment, and then she said, um, I get the same satisfaction as I get from a really good kiss. And I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> I had no idea what she was talking about. But that's all she said. But it actually was a good koan for me, especially at that age. Like, what is she talking about? And like, that is not my experience of roiling in sleepiness and restlessness and uh, knee pain and whatnot in meditation. So I have no idea what she's talking about. But as things have gone on, uh, I have a better idea what she's talking about in a variety of different ways, I'd say. Um, so one is that, yeah, I think that there is a way in which the dropping in and being present. And meditation can be actually a very uh, restful, restorative activity. So in that way, it's an act of love. And we might not think of that in some ways like other restorative things we do, uh, like sleep, right? Let's like, say sleep an act of love. It's necessary, right? But letting yourself sleep is important. And sometimes people think like, oh, meditation is kind of... Um, a selfish thing to do because you're taking this time away from the important other service activities you could do. But uh, when I work with people who are activists, I often ask them, like, well, do you think sleep is selfish? Like, would you not sleep? Uh, and it's like, no, of course I need to sleep. If I, if I can't sleep, I can't do the work. And if I don't sleep, I'll become crazy and, or cranky. You know? uh, so similarly, I'd say that, uh, yeah, giving some time to practice uh, is an act of love both for yourself uh, and for others in that it helps you to uh, function better uh, and function in a more aligned way um, and even to have more energy. Right? Um, so some people find that uh, the time that they take to practice uh, can kind of help to unwind some things that otherwise makes them very tired or tense or uh, hyped up in some way that uh, doesn't allow them to be as uh, present or kind or uh, even effective, you could say, in whatever they're doing in the world, their good work they're trying to do. So also in the, in the actual technique of practice, so uh, someone was talking about like the mindfulness and metta thing, and uh, I find that to be true also. You could say there's a way in which if you really love something or someone, let's say, uh, you really pay attention to it. 
Right? So in whatever the activity it is that you naturally feel drawn to, uh, you easily pay attention to that. You easily tune into that. Uh, and for some people, that's um, playing a sport or playing music or uh, doing art or um, doing your work or uh, computer coding or fixing your car, or, you know, whatever it is that's your activity that you naturally are drawn to. It's easy to sink into that. It's easy to let go of uh, some sense of separation in that activity in some way, to just be fully uh, one with that activity. Um, and... In that way, you could say there's some aspect of love, right? So love, in some ways, could be seen as dropping the division between self and other, you know, allowing to feel that non-duality and that connection, uh, and then very naturally wanting to uh, sort of do unto the other as one would do to oneself, too. So we can cultivate this kind of loving awareness, I would say, uh, as a way of being uh, in the world. And so that's what uh, we can do today, is um, play with that, really, experiment with that. And a lot of the experiment is seeing the ways and the spaces in which that's not present already. So that can be a maybe concerning part of uh, what you learn, but it's good to see where there's uh, spots in which we skip over or uh, are lacking that loving attention towards the body, towards others, towards uh, our own mind and heart, towards the weather, anything, really. Uh, and really, you know, understanding that the way that we relate to things is uh, a significant aspect of freedom or suffering. Right? Like that which arises itself uh, does not necessarily even have to be a problem, but the way that we contract around uh, that or relate to that, identify with that, uh, creates the world in which uh, there's a world of self and other and suffering and struggle, uh, or less so, you could say, at least. So as a foundation for our our day of meditation as an act of love also, I want to ask if we can um, commit to, for the day, uh, the uh, training precepts. So those of you who were here yesterday evening heard me talk about them, and um, probably people are familiar. How many people are um, new and not familiar with the precepts, training precepts? Cool, okay. So this is like in the Buddhist teaching, kind of guidelines uh, and places to pay attention to, you could say, in our human life. Um, they're kind of like energetic hotspots for our activity, where uh, cause and effect is at play and where it's easier for us to um, do something that uh, we later regret, to act out of uh, contracted states, and uh, so on. So first one is recognizing our relationship to the physical bodies of others. Uh, so taking the commitment not to kill other beings. And then some of my friends who are lawyers say there's kind of like in the law, like the bright line, and then there's sort of under the, I guess below the line. So the bright line is not to kill, but then that doesn't mean you can beat or harm or, you know, so don't kill, but also actually don't hurt, right? So non-harming, commitment to non-harming. And then uh, on a positive note, we could commit to uh, trying to protect other beings, 
know, and uh, protect each other. And that's an important uh, aspect of, I think, having a healthy and positive community is that we protect each other you know, in times when uh, we see someone else being harmed. Then right? second one is around um, observing the acquisitive urge that comes up. So uh, taking the training to refrain from taking that which is not freely offered. So this gives people the uh, sense of being free to be relaxed and not worry that someone else will take their shoes or eat their lunch today uh, or something like that. Uh, So it gives a sense of more spaciousness and security uh, to each other. Then we'll uh, undertake the training around uh, sexuality, which is to uh, refrain from harming self and other with our sexual energy, sexual activity. So just recognizing this very powerful force. And uh, yeah, for the day, this means to kind of give each other space, the space to be in our own practice, be in our own space, um, without feeling impinged upon in some way. For the fourth one is to undertake the training around speech. So wise speech, which includes to refrain from uh, saying what is not true and refrain from harsh, abusive speech. So refrain from uh, slandering, gossiping, uh, and even to not speak more than is necessary. And for most of the day, aside from time for question, answers, things like that, um, I'd recommend you uh, allow yourself to be uh, pretty much in silence. So this is some aspect of simplicity, you could say, uh, to simplify for yourself the amount of um, output or selfing you need to do today. You know, There's actually a lot of energy that goes into kind of a creation of me and projecting that out to people. Here's who I am, here's where I live, here's what I do. You know, So you can hopefully relax that a little bit. Just allow yourself to be a, another human animal, like squirrel or something like that, uh, among other human animal squirrels in, the, uh, in our little hole in the tree here. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, fifth one is around uh, refraining from taking substances that uh, cloud the mind. So... Um, giving us a good chance at, as we can at being present by paying attention to the impact of uh, substances, alcohol, drugs, recreational substances. So how about if we try to do that today together? Does that sound good? You can do a thumbs up if it seems okay to you. Good, good, okay. And you can see already like that very simple list of five things, if that was followed in some way in our city, in our society, like it would be a very different uh, society. Like the newspapers would be very different. (laughs) The headlines would be different. Uh, Our interactions would be different and be a different kind of uh, community. So we get the chance to create this kind of um, loving community today. Uh, through our intentions. 
So the uh, first part of the morning we'll practice um, sitting and then walking together. And uh, as we begin, we can start with where it's uh, simplest and easiest and begin with uh, having a sense of loving attention towards this uh, animal body here that uh, sitting, kneeling, cross-legged, sitting on the chair, any which way. So maybe this morning you had to get up and get dressed and take a shower and make breakfast and a little busy. And, and all those things were done by using these, this body, walking around and cutting things and eating and showering. And so now I can take a chance to rest and to be grateful and to connect with some uh, loving attention on this ever-changing entity that we call our physical body. So there's a way in which sometimes it's easier to have a sense of love towards um, maybe uh, ones who are very young uh, or others. Sometimes we have a sense of love towards like small children in our life. Um, And partly because they change so quickly, it's really easy to see them changing. Um, Like they're crawling and then the next time they're walking and you know, it's kind of amazing to see that change. So all of us continue in that way changing. all through our lives, even though it's not maybe as visible or uh, as obviously cute uh, in some way. But we are still cute. (laughs) (laughs) So you can allow yourself to connect with your own um, lovability in this way. So we'll just start by helping to settle the mind and heart, collect the attention a little bit. This talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org.